welcome back to the Joy in Living podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today and spending a little moment of your day with me. This is episode one. How incredible. And if you're joining me for the first time or hearing my voice for the first time, you might be wondering, who is this man talking to me and why? What are his qualifications? What does he really want to talk about and share that is that important? And I promise I'll tell you right now. Some of you do know me personally. You may have taken my classes or attended a workshop and some are brand new to me. As again, you're hearing my voice for the first time. If you are brand new, welcome. Let's get buck wild together this year. And my intention here is to share and spread joy through building and fostering this intimate relationship with you. Some episodes I'll talk to you directly and some will be interviews with powerful people I've surrounded myself with in this life. But back to why I'm talking to you. It is important that you get to know me a little more intimately as we go on. So I want to tell you my story. And fun fact, in my coaching program, those of you who are new, I'm a life coach, we were taught to tell our story in one minute, almost like an elevator pitch. But I can assure you that I want you to know so much more about me than I can fit into one minute. As far back as I can remember, I was always the happy, laughing, excited, and obnoxious sneezing kid. If you know me, my sneeze is phonetic and very loud. A lot of people as a kid might even say that I was joyful. But if you're like me, most often I reflect on my past only to see and feel the raw, the bad, the sad. But for me, I was still told I was a happy-go-lucky kid. Something has always felt a little disconnected in that way. What I've learned is we're so resilient as kids that we often blast past the bad. And what is left is what is on the outside. The happy, the joyful persona that we take on. Really in service of hiding the raw, the bad, the sad. As you continue listening, I'm still unpacking a lot of my childhood like a good elder millennial... But there are some parts of my childhood that are necessary for you to know me better and learn how I got here. Here, talking to your beautiful soul. I was born and raised in Texas. I was born in Del Rio, then moved to San Antonio, and then moved to Dallas because my parents got divorced when I was five. Now, not to give too much away too soon, but this was the best thing ever. My father stayed in San Antonio and still lives there to this day. And my mom and I moved to Dallas. And if I'm honest, that was one of the saddest days of my life. I vividly recall gazing out my third floor apartment window. It was dusk. The apartment that my mom and I moved into. Watching my dad drive away. Driving away on corporate drive. From the Somerset apartments. And just to break that down, apartments. Apart. That's what it did. This apartment was the solidifying moment that my parents were apart. I share all that because it wasn't until later I experienced my parents were incredibly happier through the divorce, and funny enough, I was too. I don't want to downplay my childhood parental experience here because it wasn't great, if I'm honest. I have a lot of terrible memories of my parents arguing. Arguing at home, arguing at McDonald's, Right off the highway of 35 in Temple, Texas. That's where they would transfer me off. From parent to parent. Whew. 
I do not miss those days. Moving along, I grew up in Flower Mound mostly, and in middle school I began trying every extracurricular activity you could think of just to fit in. I tried football, which is shocking, I know. I played the trombone and band, and I was the basketball manager for obvious reasons. <laughs> cough, cough. Even though I, I didn't accept I was gay yet. Clearly, traditional sports didn't work out. So I thought, you know, why not become a cheerleader? I mean, all my friends were girls. Cut to our first home game of the season. It's over 100 degrees out. I'm the only male cheerleader. I'm not, quote, gay yet. And boy, oh boy, did I get sick. I threw up all over the field. The nerves, the satanic sun, and truly being unhealthy and overweight, it was the perfect combination of sickness. Nevertheless, that was my omen to quit cheerleading. After all that, I finally landed in choir, as a soprano. Yes, I said soprano. My voice didn't drop for many years, and if you catch me on the right day, it still hasn't. But choir felt like home. You know that feeling that you're in the right place at the right time, and you don't have to try and be something that you're not? That was it. I felt like I fit in in a world where many kids didn't. Now, even though I found choir and it did feel like home, like many kids, I was still unsure about who I was. But you're not always aware enough to ask, who am I? You're just in the thick of it, figuring it out along the way. Now, through all of this transition, friends, family, strangers, they all kept telling me, you're so happy. You're so encouraging. You're my sunshine. <laughs> Fun fact, my mom occasionally sings, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, to me over the phone to this day. But something didn't connect. How can all this happiness overflowing for me make sense when inside I didn't know who I was? Now, fast forward to college, graduating from the Boston Conservatory. It was a big deal to move away, and I was grateful that I did. But I still didn't know who I was through it all. Especially in theater when your identity is such a key piece of defining your career, but we weren't exactly taught how to explore it and find it. And after graduating in 2009, I came back to Dallas. I worked in hospitality, I worked in retail, I worked in the salon industry, and then I finally got tired of being overweight, so I turned to fitness. I did all of this while still performing in shows at night. I truly thought, at that moment that fitness was gonna be my thing. As a former fat kid, I knew I got this. But the most disheartening part of the process was after getting certified, basically every gym told me, we're not hiring right now because we don't have time. They didn't have time to train me. They didn't have time to teach me. Here I was in this incredible moment of my life that I said this was my thing and they didn't have time. All that to be said, I have no complaints, I'm just reporting the facts. But I did continue to feel lost, until one day, a friend called me, he was completely random, and asked if I'd be open to teaching indoor cycling. At that point, I was like, and pretend I'm speaking in all caps, sure, why not, right? <laughs> By the way, I knew nothing about cycling, let alone indoor cycling. Just because I had thick legs, doesn't mean I knew how to cycle. <laughs> but I got hired in fitness, where I knew at that moment I needed to be. Cut to seven and a half years later, I was teaching at Flywheel Sports. 
I felt over the moon that I'd found my calling, and I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. And it was. Until... Now, just come with me here, okay? Little backtrack. Years of being an instructor. I was promoted to full-time instructor. I was promoted to lead instructor with the joy of traveling and training instructors all across the country. And then one day, our Dallas locations abruptly closed. This was incredibly traumatic. I still have moments today of processing how it all went down. I vividly remember getting a call from my boss on a Saturday afternoon, telling me that the next Friday was the last day our doors would be open. Seven days. It was like the movie The Ring. You have seven days. Only this time it was your career, your salary, and your livelihood, not some creepy girl crawling out of the TV. But it felt just as real. Now, I know we've all gone through something like this. It was totally fucked up. I felt like I knew who I was, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, and who I was becoming. But then you wake up one day, and you realize you don't have anywhere to go. Your presence isn't requested anywhere, and there isn't money to be made. My hope is, after this conversation, You've noticed I've focused on the various extracurricular activities, jobs, and careers I've had, but little to nothing about knowing who I am. Because in the loss of my job, in the loss of being a fitness instructor at Flywheel Sports, I realized I lost me. I didn't know who Thomas was. All I knew is I was a fitness instructor. That was it. Was I still extremely positive? Sure. Was I still a ray of gay-ass sunshine? Absolutely. But I didn't know who I was or what my purpose was. Another realization through this traumatic event was, when it came to career and purpose, I realized that everything I had done since I was 16, it was because somebody else told me I would be good at it. I was grateful that I was good at it, but I didn't choose it. That was the cost. The cost was I hadn't chosen any of it on purpose, but it was in that moment I realized, no more. From then to now, I choose me. I choose to be who I want to be and who I want to become. And like many of us during the pandemic, change was forced into our lives. During that transition of change, I chose me. I chose a new career that not only allowed me to be the person I knew I wanted to be, but I wanted to help others do the same. We've all felt lost. We've all felt stuck. We've all felt like we had no purpose. Becoming a life coach has revealed to me that my purpose is joy. But as you heard earlier, the story of my life hasn't always been rainbows and puppies. Although I love both of those very much. I share this because there is so much joy in living. Even when it feels like life fucking blows. I am committed to taking you on a journey of life that shares with you the joy. The joy in living. We can go on, and we must. It's our joyful responsibility. So let's keep celebrating and joining each other in these conversations. I can't wait to experience where this journey takes us together. So you ready? Because let's fucking go! All right, until next time. Your energy, over and out.